It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And one final time live following a Carolina Panthers game here on a Sunday evening. Make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel as we're going to continue to break down the Panthers throughout this offseason a very important offseason for Panthers owner David Tepper and for, of course, plenty of these players as they'll wait to see what their future may be and who will be the starting quarterback in 2023. We have four months to get into all of that. So, again, make sure to check out the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single episode. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday here on the show, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. For one final time during the 2022 I guess 23 season as well. The Carolina Panthers 10, the New Orleans Saints 7. The Panthers sweep the Saints and end the season at 7 and 10 and 6 and 6 under interim head coach Steve Wilkes. Will he be the interim head coach much longer or will he be the full-time head coach here in Carolina? We'll get into that as coach season starts right now as we are finally in the offseason and Looking ahead to the NFL draft in the 2023 season and hoping that the Carolina Panthers can have better luck next year, which we're now hoping for the fifth straight year in a row as the Panthers have a 7-10 and 10 record and did not go to the playoffs once again. Boats talk about this game briefly, and by briefly, I mean like very brief. This was a dreadful game to close out the season. We knew going into it that... There wasn't too much to play for as far as record-wise goes. I looked at the draft order, and I wasn't too concerned because the Panthers are going to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And by the way, Bryce Young is now a possibility since the Texans went and won and blew their chance at the number one pick. But it's going to cost the Kings ransom. We're going to get into that later as well. But the Panthers wanted Bryce Young. They wanted C.J. Stroud. They're going to have to trade up. They start off the week sitting at ninth. Right now, looking at it, they're still ninth in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Win, lose, didn't matter. They're going to have to move up into likely the top three if they wanted either the top two quarterbacks in this draft. And I thought going into the week would be C.J. Stroud. So I was not too concerned about how winning 
would affect the Panthers' draft position. What was happening elsewhere in the NFL was really what I was concerned about as far as the Panthers' draft position would be heading into the 2023 draft. So the Panthers did have something to play for as far as finishing the job for Steve Wilkes. And Wilkes came out last Sunday following the Buccaneers game that, hey, we're going to finish. That's what men do. He reiterated that on Monday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday throughout the entire week. He let us be, he let it be known. He's like, look, y'all, we're not tanking. He said that 13 weeks ago, and he said, I got 13 weeks to do it my way. I'm not worried about the guys that are not here. I'm not worried about me and my future. I'm going to take it one day at a time. So he let us know that on Monday, he was going to try and win. On Tuesday, he was going to try and win. On Wednesday, he was going to try and win. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the same. And you damn sure know, on Sunday, he wanted to win this game. Now, did his team want to win? Because in the first half offensively, they were god-awful. Ran only eight plays in the first quarter for 25 yards. Sam Darnold was two of eight for four yards in the interception in the first half. The offense only had 60 yards total. But they did come out in the second half, and they set the tone with a 14-play, 82-yard drive that took up eight minutes and 15 seconds to open the half. Also, Deontay Foreman got run after he and Marcus Davenport uh, – you know, came to blows. Now, Foreman only kind of hit him in the chest, so I didn't really think it really warranted uh, being thrown out of the game. But I guess a punch is a punch, whether it's a closed fist or an open fist. Not a huge deal. He did cost himself the opportunity to have a 1,000-yard season. He was terrific, and we'll have plenty of conversation of whether he should come back uh, later on this season or, you know, come back for next season as he will be a free agent for the Carolina Panthers and the rest of the NFL. But the Panthers set the tone coming out in that second half and and going down, scoring a touchdown, and the defense had multiple stops on fourth down. We were able to get turnovers, and they kept this team alive. While the offense was just not good all day, Sam Darnold finished 5 of 15, 43 yards, two interceptions, and a 2.8 passer rating. Sam played good football. For the first four weeks, I didn't even think he was bad last week. You know, you had the fumble. That was really Bradley Bozeman, and we saw it again happen on Sunday in the Panthers winning against New Orleans, but Sam didn't jump on it last week. He was able to pick it up this week and run away, so that worked out. He had the bad interception last week, had two bad interceptions again today, and then the fumble that cost that end of the game. That was really on Iki Aquanu. So we've seen Sam Darnold play three or four weeks of good football, but after that, he turns back into a pumpkin. So can he be a bridge guy? Not loving it as much after the last two weeks as I would have a couple weeks ago. I'm still fine with bringing him back as a backup, but certainly not to be the starter for the Carolina Panthers, even if they have a rookie on the roster next season. So Sam Darnold, not a great game for him, but it makes it all the more hilarious that this was the time where Sam Darnold led his first and likely only fourth quarter comeback and game-winning drive for the Carolina Panthers. I was sitting there on Twitter saying, please, God, don't let this game go to OT. Somebody do something. I thought it was going to be the Saints, but they couldn't move the ball down the field. And then the Panthers, all right, it's your chance. Please do something after the Saints missed that uh, 55-yard field goal. And Will Lutz, just two shanks on the afternoon to help the Panthers win this game. But Sam Darnold got a scramble, hit Terrace Marshall, got in field goal range, and a guy a lot of people wanted to be cut after the Falcons game a couple months ago. Eddie Pinheiro hasn't missed since. Banged home a 42-yarder. The Panthers win. Steve Wilkes gets what he wants. They finish the job. And I guess you can also say this about Sam Darnold. You know, he had the battle through his receivers not getting a lot of separation. Matt Millen on the Fox broadcast brought that up. Also a patchwork offensive line. And if there's really um, any storyline that comes off of what actually happened on the field on Sunday – 
aside from, I guess, Wilkes and what this now means for his status moving forward, potentially as being the uh, full-time head coach, it's the status of Brady Christensen and Austin Corbett, the two Panthers starting guards who started every single game this season. And last year, the Panthers did not have continuity on the offensive line. They didn't have a great offensive line anyways, but they didn't have the continuity, which certainly would have helped them this year. They've had that even when they lost Pat Alfline for the season. Bradley Bozeman, who I thought, was going to come in and be the starting center anyways before he suffered an ankle injury during the preseason and training camp. He came in, and he's been terrific, and I hope the Panthers can re-sign him. But Christensen getting carted off the field with a left, uh, left leg injury in the first quarter, then being replaced by Michael Jordan, which I thought was interesting. Michael Jordan, by the way, did go on to become the first Panthers O-lineman to score a touchdown. I didn't have that one on the bingo card this season. Uh, Cade Mays did get an opportunity later on as Austin Corbett also left the game with a left knee injury after Sam Darnold's first half interception. He walked off on his own but did not return in the second half. If either one of those things are serious, that's not good news for the Panthers. We've seen – with a player like Matt Paradis who came off of a leg injury and he started that first year in Carolina, he was not good. It took him a while to get back to that kind of player. And you do not want to be in a situation where Brady Christensen and or Austin Corbett are coming off of significant leg injuries off of the last game of the season. And then that it hurts their ability to be available for OTAs, mandatory minicamp, and of course for the training camp and in preseason. So, Fingers crossed to hope that that's neither one of those are serious because that's not what the Carolina Panthers want after finally finding a cohesive, talented group on the offensive line. So definitely prayers out to those guys as really cannot have that be serious heading into the offseason. But the Carolina Panthers finished the job like Steve Wilkes wanted to, them to do. Sam Darnold maybe in his last game ever, hopefully his last start ever as a Carolina Panther goes out there and does the one thing that people were hoping he would do when the Panthers traded for him back in March of 2021. The one thing Teddy Bridgewater never did. The one thing Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, none of these quarterbacks the Panthers have played over the last three seasons were able to do. He does it hilariously <laughs> in a winning effort as the Panthers win 10-7 to at New Orleans in week 18 of the 2022 season. So the season's over. That means the offseason's here, and more importantly, coach season is upon us. We got a few reports about who's going to interview for the job and who's interested in who. The Panthers and Jim Harbaugh or Harbaugh and the Panthers? And what does a 6-6 six and six record mean for Steve Wilkes? We'll get into that all here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But first, this episode is brought to you by Tommy John. Winter mornings are brutal, so here's my tip for tackling the day in comfort. Grab new Tommy John loungewear and take cozy wherever you go. When you start the year in Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable, so you can do everything better. Tommy John loungewear, pajamas, and underwear have dozens of comfort innovations like luxurious soft tri-blend and micro-modal fabrics with four-way stretch and no lint balls or fuzz with over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews people love tommy john that's why tommy john doesn't have customers they have fanatics and right now get 20 percent off your first order at tommyjohn.com slash locked on that's 20 percent off right now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on see site for details this podcast is also brought to you by better help therapy online Unfortunately, life does not come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere and 100% online. 
Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started as the world's largest therapy service. They've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, that's fine. You can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms. No traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Coach season is upon us as the Carolina Panthers enter into a vital offseason here in 2023. And really, for David Tepper, a guy who came to Carolina talking about bringing sustained success for the first time to bring back-to-back winning seasons to build a team that could be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out since saying all that the Panthers have been terrible and he has had a losing record as the owner I don't necessarily put the 18 and 19 seasons on him when Ron Rivera was his head coach and Cam Newton was falling apart before our eyes. Unfortunately, still so heartbreaking to see that happen. Maybe you can put 2019 on him if you want, considering he could have got rid of Rivera after 18 when they fell apart, but we knew a lot of that was Cam, but didn't decide to do that. Brought back Ron Rivera, fired him with four weeks left in the season in 2019, and then told us all the things about sustained success and yada, yada, yada. He did a lot of good things like being patient to build the business side, but you've seen a lot of those po- folks who worked in the executive positions at Tepper Sports and Entertainment are no longer here in Charlotte. He also put the logo at midfield, which is immaterial to winning, and I could not care less, but cool. Take the shield off. That's going to make people happy. It did briefly, but when you lose, it doesn't really matter. He drank beer at the Roaring Riot and did all that kind of stuff. People love David Tepper, but now, after Rock Hill, after the constant quarterback changeover, Matt Rule being the head coach, people are kind of out on David Tepper. So this is a very important hire for his perception here in Carolina. It's great. You brought soccer here. People really loved it. I think it's a great piece of our community. But most folks in this city do not give a damn about Charlotte FC and whether they win or lose. What matters most is the football team. And don't you come asking for our money to build you a stadium you can pay for on your own until you fix the football. So David Tepper, main job this offseason, fix the damn Football, emphasis on damn, because I am so sick and tired of this carpet-bagging Yankee making my t- hometown team into one of the worst football teams in the National Football League, which means first and foremost, you got to get the head coaching hire correct. We know all the context that went into the 6-6 six and six period of time that Steve Wilkes had over the last 13 weeks in 12 games as the Carolina Panthers interim head coach. Matt Rule, 1-4, and four, get out of town, did a terrible job the way of the Panther. That never worked out. The brand, the process, Jay-Z, whatever. The brand here in Carolina is always going to be keep pounding. And Steve Wilkes understands that from his time previously here and also by being a native Charlatan, he understands what those words mean. And he showed that. And he was able to build an identity for this team to play physical defense, to be physical at the line of scrimmage and win up front and running the football. They put a stat out there on Fox today just of the disparity, the differential from when the Panthers win and when they lose in terms of rushing the football. And it was the largest differential since like 1985, if I recall looking at that correctly. So when the Panthers won, they ran the ball well. When they lost, they did not. But we knew what the formula was. 
for Matt Rule's Panthers, we just knew as long as they didn't give up 17 points, they can win the game. And that's comical for that to have been the case. Christian McCaffrey was gone, but yet they became one of the best rushing teams after week 12 with Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman in this offensive line and still having Sam Darnold, who played some of the best football of his career over the last six weeks. While the last two weeks weren't great, Sam still looked better than he had before, but he's still not great. And you got to move on to find another starting quarterback. But he won games with P.J. Walker. He won games with Sam Darnold. They were somewhat competitive, again, with Baker Mayfield at the Ravens, but not really all that. No Robbie Anderson. He hasn't done anything in Arizona anyways. The multiple assistants that he fired or replaced or followed Matt Rule, all of that's happened. And this team sits at 6-6, six and six, and every single player in that locker room that's been asked has answered that they want Steve Wilkes to be their coach moving forward. They want that man to be their leader. And we get so caught up every year during the NFL hiring cycle about like, oh, man, who works for this top team? Because we're going to hear about it. Philadelphia, going to be a top seed in the AFC. We got to get Jonathan Gannon, man. Defense coordinator on the top team. Let's go get him. Oh, Shane Steichen, look what he's done this year. OC's obviously a genius. Let's go get that guy. All the time, that's what people want to do. They want to just simply look at the X's and O's, just look at who's on a good team. It's not worked a lot of times when you look at all the failed assistants that come from New England. And can you, if you can find a leader of men, that's far more important than the guy that can be this supposed X's and O's football genius. Because it's not working most times. You're not going to find a lot of Sean McVay's, and even Sean McVay might be on the way out. You're not going to find a lot of Kyle Shanahan's, but even Kyle Shanahan, when his team needs him most, fall apart offensively back in Atlanta as the OC. And, of course, remember with San Francisco last year in the NFC title game and a Super Bowl loss in Miami to the Kansas City Chiefs. So there's some of those guys are out there, but they're not all readily available. And they might not be available to the Carolina Panthers because I don't know what the perception is of this job outside of this market. You don't have a quarterback. You're not necessarily in position to get one without giving up a lot of picks. And how does that potentially hinder your ability to build this roster? I think you have a, obviously a solid core defensively. Offensive line looks great. Fingers crossed on Christensen and Corbett that those aren't serious injuries. There's a lot to like. But you have to wonder about the owner, who has shown that he is not necessarily meddling, but he's an active participant in everything that happens here with this football team and the decisions made. He decided to give Matt Rule that control. You can say Matt Rule made bad decisions. You can try and make excuses for Scott Fitterer, whatever. It all goes up to the top. And the man upstairs, that being David Sepper, not God, thank the Lord, uh, he's the one who has to get these things right. Steve Wilkes has absolutely, in my opinion, earned the opportunity to be the Carolina Panthers head coach or be a head coach elsewhere. I would absolutely endorse it. But again, I need to see who all the candidates are going to be first before I go out of here and say that Steve Wilkes should be the guy. Because continuity-wise, you would love that. You, could, you would already have 12 weeks or 13 weeks, 12 games, that you've already established foundation and you've already been able to get that continuity and know what you can build off of. You have that right here with Steve Wilkes. I want to see who else is available. I want to see who else actually wants to come to Charlotte before officially being like, all right, Steve Wilkes, that's the guy. Because if it's Steve Wilkes, I have no problem with it. But apparently, according to Jay Glazer, the Panthers are set to interview former Indianapolis head coach uh, Frank Reich, who also spent time here in in the inaugural season for the Carolina Panthers. He's an offensive guy, an experienced head coach, which reportedly from multiple sources, Dan Graziano, I think I've been the first to say that. We've seen locally Joe Person and really anyone out there has said David Tepper wants to find an offensive guy, but also someone who has experience. And Frank Reich checks both of those boxes. Jim Caldwell, also experienced offensive guy as well, checks both of those boxes. Oh, yeah, he also checks the box of – Black man, so we can bring him in. Rooney rule. 
You have to interview two minority external candidates or external minority candidates. Shane Caldwell will be one of those guys. Has not been in the league as a coach since 2019, whether it's been a head coach or an assistant role. So I don't really know. He's like in his late 60s. Don't necessarily think that's an actual um, option for Carolina, what David Tepper wants to do. But those are two guys, according to Jay Glazer of Fox, who will interview. I'm cool with Frank Reich. I'm cool with Jim Caldwell, honestly, because the Lions have sucked. I just don't know how seriously David Tepper is going to take that. But we'll see what comes of that. Jonathan Jones, who used to write for the Charlotte Observer, used to cover the team here, also now works at CBS, and he is the lead NFL insider. You can watch him on the NFL Today, the pregame show ahead of every game on CBS uh, throughout the playoffs and, of course, throughout the season. He wrote on CBSSports.com on Sunday that Jim Harbaugh, who spoke to David Tepper recently, that it's been Harbaugh who is more interested in Carolina than Carolina being interested in Harbaugh. Throughout the last couple of weeks, Harbaugh in his camp, they have multiple times hit up David Tepper, be like, hey, hey, let's talk, chat, me, hey, over here. I don't want to do this college thing anymore. I got a level one violation apparently coming down the pike uh, when it comes to the NCAA, so I want to talk to you. So it does not really feel like Carolina's all that interested in Harbaugh. It's Harbaugh who's interested in Carolina, but also who have interest in the Colts job, I'm sure, and in the Broncos job, two places where his ties are far deeper than the ones here in Carolina, and really the one here in Carolina is being here for six weeks during a 1-15 season where you didn't play, so I don't know how fondly he looks at this job. Maybe he's using it as leverage for a bigger contract at Michigan, but how much money could they really give him at this point in time? Hmm, I don't know, Jim. So Harbaugh, great, 44-19-1, uh, went to the Super Bowl, lost to his brother, went to two other NFC title games his first three years, every single time that they lost in the playoffs, they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champion. So that's the only teams that could take them down at the end of the day when 8-8 eight eight his final year before heading back to his alma mater up in Ann Arbor at Michigan. I do wonder whether he's going to be collaborative, whether Scott Fitter can stay on, because I've seen reports that depending on if Tepper falls in love with a head coach, that that coach maybe could bring his own GM and Scott Fitter might be out. Harbaugh sounds like a guy who wants personnel control. And based on what Tepper told us a couple months ago after you fired Rule, that's probably something that he would not do again. But would he might, might he make the same mistake? Or might he decide to do that because Jim Harbaugh has had success as a head coach in the NFL? Maybe he thinks that makes more sense to move on from Scott Fitterer and have Harbaugh have com- complete control. I don't know. But those right now, three names that we know are, well, I don't know, two names, Reich and Caldwell, who are absolutely going to interview for the job. And then Harbaugh, interested in Carolina. Not quite sure how interested David Tepper and the Panthers organization are interested in him. So we'll see as interviews should start happening this week, as I went over with y'all on Friday during the weekly Friday mailbag. We'll find out more about who's going to be here. That's why check out the podcast. Going to have it basically daily updates. Tomorrow, they're going to have cleaning out the locker room. So we'll look at the whole season, do a postmortem. Hear what the guys have to say, break that down. But after that, moving forward, it's going to be a lot of coaching search talk for at least the next three, maybe four weeks as the timeline likely end of January, first week of February, right before the Super Bowl. That's when the Panthers should have their head coach named and announced and reported and all of that kind of stuff. Now, coaching, that's the most important thing right now. Find who the head coach is. But things got complicated as far as the draft goes because the Houston Texans, and remember, players don't tank. The organizations can try to tank, but players are not out there tanking, and they show that as they won a game that likely, possibly, maybe cost them Bryce Young. It cost them number one pick. Did it cost them Bryce Young? Has it now opened up a four-month nauseating discussion of should the Carolina Panthers give up the farm for Bryce Young? Oh, God. 
We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But first, this episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. I'm really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, something that David Tepper desperately needs to do, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As I told y'all leading up to this week, I did not really care whether the Panthers won or lost as far as it pertained to draft position. They were not going to be in position to just sit right there with whatever pick and take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, who I view as the top two quarterbacks in this draft class. I can't see how anyone would view Will Levis or Anthony Richardson out of those guys. If you watch college football, you know, clearly, like a couple years ago with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, those are the top two guys. And that's what's, pay- that's what's turned out from the 2021 class, that Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, who's going to the playoffs, we're the top two guys. They're the top two guys in high school going to college, and they're the top two guys in college going to the NFL. For me, it's very clear that the top guy is Bryce Young, and then the second guy is C.J. Stroud. Everyone else, not totally interested. It's going to take a lot of time, I think, of Anthony Richardson. If it ever clicks, oh, my God, he could take over the world. That's how good that dude could be. But it's such a massive bet and gamble to make on Anthony Richardson. Will Levis has the traits, but also has the turnover issues. He's played in an NFL offense. He struggled this past year. The O-line was not great. I think he had good enough weapons. And in the scheme, I guess, just didn't work out for him. I don't know. But Will Levis, probably the third guy. Don't love it. But I would obviously, with anybody who comes here, I'll give it an opportunity. Sam Darnold, I knew it wouldn't work, but I was willing to give it a chance until he proved to me that he was awful, which he did last year, week seven, getting benched at Giants. So we'll see how it plays out. So I was really more concerned about how other games, like the Bears game, like the Texans game, who they played the Colts, and some of these other games played out. I was more concerned about those results more than the Panthers, whether they won or lost, and they took themselves out of position because they weren't in position to get a quarterback win or lose. And being... Higher up would, of course, help them more to move up. You wouldn't have to give up too much 
But now, sitting at right now, I'm looking at tankathon.com. They're nine. I don't think they're locked in. Uh, at least it doesn't say that. But when I'm looking at the other teams that also have uh, – that are also seven and ten, the Panthers are – Right there behind Atlanta, who's at eight. Then New Orleans, they're Philadelphia with New Orleans picks at 10. So I think they're probably going to be the ninth overall pick. So that's not going to be good enough for them to sit there and to take Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Now, the result that actually concerns me the most is that the Houston Texans won against the Colts. They converted a fourth and 20, y'all. A fourth and 20, where Davis Mills just throws up a prayer. It goes through a Colts defensive back's hands right into the arms of a Texans wide receiver for a touchdown. My heart sunk. Why did it sink? Because the Texans clearly were going to be number one and were clearly going to take Bryce Young if they were smart. I don't know if Nick Casario is going to still be the GM. I don't know if Lovey Smith's going to be head coach. Don't necessarily care. It's very simple. Take Bryce Young. He's the best guy. Then after that, the Bears at number two. I don't know what they wanted to do. I don't know what their plan would have been had they had a number two pick. But to me, like, dude, like, there's Will Anderson. There's a lot of good players. Do you have to leverage it for a ton of picks? But I think leveraging the second pick for picks is a lot different than the number one pick, especially knowing the team behind you in Houston needs a quarterback and teams in Indianapolis who, depending on how things go this afternoon, so it's 5.09 as I'm recording this right now, uh, the game that you need to be most concerned about, in my opinion, is the Broncos' Chargers game, which is currently tied at seven Chargers or second and goal at the Denver three. So the Chargers need the win. They have no nothing to play for at this point in time. They've already clinched the five seed with the uh, Ravens loss to the Bengals. They're going to be the five seed, win or lose, based off of uh, what they win. Of course, I have a better record, but based off of a tiebreaker, which would be conference win percentage, the Chargers are going to be the five seed. So they have nothing to play for. But you need the Chargers to win because that likely allows the Broncos, who traded their pick to the Seahawks, for the Seahawks to be up there in the top three and ahead of Indianapolis. The Panthers in Seattle feels like the most likely option to trade for Carolina and not to get completely fleeced because John Snyder, Scott Fitter have a long relationship. Pete Carroll as well. I don't think they're going to be unfair and ask him for more than, you know, if the Bears in the situation out number one would for Carolina because the Panthers have to give, I think, a lot more to move up to number one than they would to move up to number three. Now, Got to wonder what the Texans want to do. Do they want to trade up with the Bears and do what the Bears did a couple years ago when they traded up one spot with the 49ers to get Mitch Trubisky and that didn't work out? I don't know. But all I know is for months now, we're going to be asking ourselves, should the Panthers give up a million picks for Bryce Young? I don't hate the idea necessarily. I don't. I don't want to do it. Honestly, I would rather not have to be in that position. The Panthers have their own first-round pick, which just looks like to be number nine. They have a second-round pick. Uh, they also own the 49ers' second-round pick. They have the 49ers' third-round pick, their own fourth-round pick, the 49ers' fourth-round pick, and their own fifth-round pick. They have the ammunition to move up in the draft to get a quarterback and likely have to give up next year's first-round pick. But what I don't want to necessarily give up is 2025's first-round pick, which right now that feels like the Panthers will have to do that to get up to number one and to get Bryce Young. Do you want to get Bryce Young, or do you love C.J. Stroud more? Because I there's Dame Brugler, who covers the NFL for, draft for the NFL uh, for the Athletic, went out there and just put out Bryce Young's height and his weight. And there has not been a player like in the last 20 years at quarterback to be drafted as high as Bryce Young's projected to be drafted with his measurables. But when you watch him play on Saturdays, the dude's a magician. 
So I'm not totally concerned about that. And it seems like a lot of teams aren't, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams that are. And maybe the Carolina Panthers are one of those teams. But if you're looking at the two guys who have the best traits, they are the two guys, I think, with the biggest bust potential in Richardson and in Levis. So we'll see what happens. But the Broncos, please lose. Because trading up to three with Seattle is far more appetizing and I think a better result for the Panthers than having to give up a ton for Bryce Young. And the thing is, too, if they do give up a lot for Bryce Young, I don't necessarily think they're in a bad position moving forward. You just have to hope that he turns out to be the right guy. And that's the thing. When the 49ers, who were already a playoff team anyways and still are, even without Trey Lance being able to play after giving up those three first-round picks for him, you got to make sure it's the right guy. The Panthers have a good offensive line. Of course, we're wondering what's going to happen with the Corbett and, and the Christensen injuries. Hopefully not serious. I haven't looked at Twitter, so I don't know if there's been any reports since I've been on here with y'all live on YouTube. Um, so I think they have obviously a, a good receiver in DJ Moore. Terrace Marshall's come along, but I would like to add someone else just so you're, you're sure that you're solid at wide receiver. you got to add a pass-catching tight end. Defensively, you had the solid foundation. You got to plug some holes. I don't think they're that far away, y'all. Like, you put a quarterback here, they might be a quarterback away from being a playoff team. Not saying being a Super Bowl contender, but being a playoff team, they might be a quarterback away. So maybe it's not that bad of an idea. But it's going to be a conversation we have a lot, not a conversation that we necessarily have to wrap up and in right now. We'll see how the rest of the day go um, plays out. As again, recording this 5:13 on Sunday following the Panthers game. Don't know the results of these West Coast games and where the Panthers are going to actually be factor sit at the, in the draft and where teams like the Colts might be because the Colts could be three, four, or five. They got a top five pick and they need a coach, of course, but also a quarterback. And I don't know how much they're willing to trade up. And if they have the ammo like the Panthers have after trading for Carson Wentz, I know they traded him away to Washington, but I still don't think. They have the assets available that the Carolina Panthers have right now in their war chest to potentially have to give up King's ransom to the Bears for the number one pick and that effectively being Bryce Young. So not to, not all that concerned about the Panthers winning and what that means to their draft prospects, but definitely wondering how the Texans now not sitting at number one is going to impact the Panthers, the Colts, maybe the Raiders, and every other team who's looking to draft a quarterback here in the 2023 NFL draft as – the Bears are sitting pretty with their quarterback, a new head coach, a new GM, and knowing that they could get a lot of picks to build that team up and have them ready to go moving forward in the, in the NFC North. So we'll see uh, how that works out. But again, y'all, stay tuned here all offseason on Locked on Panthers. It's a daily podcast. Of course, don't listen every day. You don't have to. I mean, I would love for you to do, but, like, I get it. Don't, you don't have to listen every day. But stay here. Next couple weeks, going to be doing a lot of coach breakdown. Hopefully, I can get some people on here uh, who can add some more perspective. Uh, certainly, JJ, Jonathan Jones, going to have to talk to him, get him on here, talk about what's going on, get some perspective from people maybe in other markets on what they think about the Panthers. I don't know. So, we're going to have plenty of that content going on throughout the rest of the offseason. If this is your first offseason with me, thank you um, for chilling with me all season long. For this 7-10, this roller coaster, weird-ass season, ended up not being a great season, but ended up maybe yielding the future head coach here in Carolina in Steve Wilkes. Going to talk about all of that throughout the rest of the offseason, the next four months and beyond that until we get down to training camp once again, which I believe, I guess, is going to be at Wofford considering how things played out in Rock Hill. So thank you so much, everyone, who's watched the show, listened to the show, 
throughout the season. I know there's probably gonna be plenty of people who are going to be like, all right, I'm not really trying to do the whole offseason thing. I'm going to move on, and I'll see you again in August, Julian. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I am very thankful to all of y'all. Uh, we've gotten like over 4,200 subscribers over on YouTube when we started that back in February. So it's almost been a year, and y'all have been fantastic there. Appreciate everyone who's followed on Twitter, everyone who listens to the podcast, um, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Appreciate all the support throughout the season. And, again, stay right here. I'm not going anywhere. It's a daily podcast. Pick and choose the episodes you want to listen to. Listen to all of them if you want. And I will give you the best updates I can throughout this whole coaching search and what happens throughout the offseason and yada, yada, yada. So, with all that being said, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all. Make sure to watch our show. Subscribe to the show over on our Locked On YouTube channel, Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, rather, where I will be live at some point in time. Don't know when during the offseason, but I'll be live, and I'll break down whatever breaking news that we have. So be tuned, be sure to subscribe there so you can tune in. Um, you can always check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show there. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where the weekly Friday mailbag continues throughout the offseason, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. But of course, y'all, as always, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you on Tuesday as the Panthers will clean out their locker rooms on Monday and we'll start to ponder the futures for some of these players and probably find out who uh, is going to be interviewing for the head coaching position here in Carolina. All that coming up here on Tuesday on Locked On Panthers. Until then, goodbye. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.